0: Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of travelpulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Windstar Cruises. As you pin down your New Year's resolutions, make 2024 the year of extraordinary experiences with Windstar Cruises. Sail on board their boutique all suite yachts or iconic sailboats to the picturesque corners of Europe, the Caribbean, Tahiti, and beyond. Immerse yourself in port intensive itineraries, exceptional service, and an innovative culinary program curated by the official cruise line of the James Beard Foundation. For a voyage that's not just a journey, but a masterpiece like no other, choose WinStar Cruises. Contact your travel advisor today or visit winstarcruises.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, December 12th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. We got a fun show for you today. Join me on the broadcast now is Brian Major. Managing Editor, Digital Guides, and the Caribbean here at Travel Pulse. Welcome back to the show, Brian. For anyone who doesn't know you, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Thanks for having me back again. I I am TravelPulse.com's Managing Editor for Digital Guides and Publications. And the Caribbean, you know, I uh, manage the digital guides and publications, but also I'm the kind of the go-to guy for all of our Caribbean coverage and uh, also have a kind of a background in cruise. So uh, I've been uh, doing this for a little while. So it's great to be here with you, as always.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, I'm glad we're on and we're going to be talking a little Caribbean travel updates a little on later in in the shows. That's Brian's expertise. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this happens to be the first time you're listening to the podcast here, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel. In the last week, and we begin with some interesting news over in the air travel sector. TSA is rolling out a new prototype for passenger self service screening that can be used by pre check passengers. The new system will be first launched at Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas in January and it allows passengers to navigate through screening with minimal to no assistance from transportation security officers. The new system will help reduce the number of pat-downs and bag inspections that need to be performed by security personnel, freeing security officers to address other tasks. Brian, your thoughts here?
1: Well, you know, anything that speeds up that, you know, Eric, traveling all the time through airports like myself, anything that speeds up the process is good. Um, you know, obviously you want to maintain the levels of security, you know, uh, that's what it's there for. Um, but also I, you know, I, I want to get through the airport faster and, you know, um, you know, if, if that can be done, that's great. And, uh, you know, I, I, I advise everyone to, to get pre check, to have pre check. I have TSA pre check. uh, some folks have clear, uh, maybe that's better. I haven't used that yet, but, um, Going through the airport on a faster route is always good, so that's welcome news.
0: Definitely so. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews on the clear. I have pre-check as well as part of global entry. You should definitely get global entry, even if you Absolutely. only travel internationally once. Uh, it's so worth it <laughs> uh, so when worth you come it. back with that, everything, with the customs and stuff. But this right here, this prototype. I think it. I think it's really cool if it's if it's successful as they want it, as I hope it will be, and then as successful as you know that they want it to be. Then. This is going to pop up at all the major airports and it's going to be a breeze and you're going to see a lot more people buy into the pre-check, uh, which is already a, kind of a significant amount. It feels like uh, the last time I was in the Atlanta airport, I was like, man, that's too many people in pre-check right now. What's going on? What what time of so day is true. it? What day? Of the, like, I had to think about like, okay, when am you know, is this a busier day? Like I just kind of give no thought sometimes when you travel about once a month, like us, Brian, you know, you don't really think like the days of the week or whatever, but uh, for whatever the reason that particular day, I was like, there's too many people in pre-check or whatever. But then coming back home on that trip, um, I was flying to New Jersey and I flew out of Newark and uh, it was like nobody in pre-check, but the actual uh, regular line there was uh, at a madhouse. And I just was like, yes, pre-check a breeze. But if you can make that even more of a breeze by this, you know, self-checkout so to speak your self-passenger screening here that's pretty cool i mean some of the the mock-ups on what this machines and stuff look like um are, are pretty cool so I, I hope that this is a success it's going to launch in january in las vegas so if you're traveling to vegas in january and you see that let us know take some pictures i want to i want to see this in action i'm sure they'll put out a press release or something like that when, when it's out and and going but uh this will be something to look forward to next month on on how uh that goes and what people think of it
1: Big time, definitely. And uh, I don't know. You probably noticed too that even within the the global entry and pre check coming back, they've they've sped up that system as well. You used yes. to get a printout. Um, you don't get a printout anymore. Just kind of facial facial recognition kind of system, and you go mm-hmm. faster. So it's all moving in a in a good direction. I think.
0: Indeed, yes. Technology is is amazing, and we're, we're loving where the, things are headed in the air travel sector to make things you know a better overall air travel experience. You know, uh, as it comes to the seats, the jury's out on that. Probably have to wait a little (laughs) little while longer before we ever get comfortable seats, unless you're in first class. So, In other air travel news, though, the JetBlue Spirit antitrust trial came to an end last week. Uh, no time dates were given for a verdict by the judge. Um, the, d- the decision, sadly, we don't know when it'll come from the judge, but the judge did say the JetBlue would need to divest more assets if the $3.8 billion merger were allowed to take place. And also in air travel news, a bit of surprising news uh, move here. The flight attendants for Southwest Airlines have overwhelmingly rejected the latest contract proposal. They were offered a contract that included a 16% higher pay increase than their counterparts at Delta Airlines. So fingers crossed they can make that work. So we avoid any type of strike um, on that regard. Brian, your, your thoughts on, on that? I mean, nobody wants a strike on this. I was kind of surprised that you, you know, 16% higher than, you know, one of the biggest airlines there. And they said no. So hopefully they can get this sorted, right?
1: Yeah, I hope so. That sounds that does sound on its face. It sounds, you know, like a you know, what you would think is a competitive offer right. compared to their their colleagues. We don't I don't know the specifics of the contract uh, or the offer or the conditions that these flight attendants are working under. We do know that, um, you know, it's it's a it's a tougher job than ever um so uh you know with with the changes in the air travel system and and you know post pandemic it's it's difficult but uh hopefully they can come together for the benefit of uh, you know all their customers you know southwest is a major airline and uh i i gotta say i'm a union man both of my parents were in unions i i i respect what a union is there for and what it tries to do so um hopefully it's good representation for the workers, and it, it results in an agreement that works for everyone.
0: Agreed. Yeah, maybe Southwest. I don't know how can... you feel about it, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I don't. Nobody wants this to go to strike level. There's a lot of things that happen to happen if they're going to do a full strike and get it approved and all that. And and so I, I hope that it doesn't come to that. And Southwest doesn't need that. Air, the air travel industry doesn't need that at all. So. Nobody really wants to see that. So hopefully they can come to some sort of agreement and and work things out. So clearly it's not all about the money for them too. So there's inner workings on that as um, the union wants better. Uh, Thanks for their, their flight attendants on that. Maybe uh, Southwest can pull a page from what United is doing. And hopefully that is making the jobs easier for flight attendants as United is introducing a new snack station on select flights. The grab and go station will be free and uh, feature traditional snacks and bottles of water, these complimentary snacks will be on a first come, first serve basis, uh, but only available after the main cabin has been served. Your your thoughts on this, Brian? Uh, Grab and go that- little s- snack station. Uh, should this be across all uh, planes, you think?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Every every plane that <laughs> serves passengers should have this service. Hopefully that would, that would be ideal. Um, I, My question was, was it going to be after the regular snack service? And yeah, it is available so you can get a little extra. You know, if you're a little extra hungry, a little extra peckish there. And, um, <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with some extra snacks on the flight? It sounds like a win-win.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> I think like? this can be a hit. Hopefully, you just don't get people that are, like, selfish and are, you know, going to grab right. a, a giant handful or anything like that. And, you be courteous to your other passengers on board. But that might be asking a lot considering some of the stories we've seen this year of the way the passengers behave on planes. But... I (laughs) I
1: mean, if if we can communicate a message, it's like, you know, be respectful of your fellow passengers, behave while you're on the plane. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to do the same thing, which is just go somewhere. And, you know, it's all get along <laughs> right? Yes. And this is another opportunity to, to show some decor if we if we can right okay. we live
0: we live in a society people let's just let's just be courteous <laughs> of people like I, I, yeah some of those naughty passenger stories are just absolutely wild and we'll have a recap of all the naughtiest airline oh, passengers coming up on travel Post later this year um and i'll definitely talk about some of those too on the recap of the year podcast uh later on this month but yeah, I think every airline should should take a page from this. And hopefully it's, you know, makes things a little bit easier for the flight attendants. You're not people aren't hitting the call button as much. You can just get off your butt and go get the snack yourself. Dang it. You know, <laughs> but, uh, staying in the air travel sector with the last piece of news and, and air travel. Um, this is this is an interesting one. I'm, I'm very curious on your thoughts here, Brian. But a new survey mm-hmm. finds that many men uh, think they can land a commercial airplane. Your thoughts, Brian? Can you think you can land a plane?
1: I do not. I do not think I can land a plane. I cannot land a plane. I don't want to try landing a plane. Right. I'm I'm the travel writer. I've been in this business for 30 something years and I'm still, you know, I'm I'm not 100 percent comfortable with the idea of being thirty five thousand feet up in the air above the earth. It is statistically safer than being in a car, but somehow it just feels like you're way up there. So um I like to leave things like this to the experts. I'm not one of these people who think that I can yeah. do such complicated procedures, you know, uh, ad hoc. Um So I don't, but I do know people who I believe, men who I believe think they believe they could land a plane. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yes, we all
0: we all know men like that. So this one, I saw this headline, and I just laughed at it. And I was just like, you know, file this one under men are stupid. Like, if you ask me, like, men are so dumb. Like, what, what are we thinking here, fellas, that we can land a commercial airplane? Even a small airplane would be difficult. Like, the, the landing is the most difficult thing on a plane. You could Some people might argue takeoff or whatever. But landing is far more difficult. And, like, I just don't grasp how, like, Yes, flying a plane, you know, the pilot goes down in midair. You think you're in a movie. Like, life is amazing. Like, life isn't like that, people. It's not going to – that happens. You're going to freak out. Someone – some dude is going to jump up and say, I can fly this plane. And, yeah, autopilot. <laughs> but when it comes to the landing, like, uh, no. You know, I'm not I'm, – As, I'm just, you said, you're gonna as cook. I've been
1: educated, that's the hardest part of the, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, that – um yeah, that's something I don't want to be in a position to try. And I don't think
0: Absolutely, I can do right? Yes. Yeah. So, podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know. Can you think? Do you think you could land yeah. a plane? Ladies yeah. out there, what, what do the ladies think? I don't know why right. the survey was directed to men. I want to see a counterpart. How many women out there think they can land a commercial plane as well? What's, i have to what's say going my on?
1: wife is, she's a school teacher, but she's fascinated by airplanes. She wanted to be in aviation, I think. She follows, she watches takeoffs and landings and stuff like that. But I don't think she thinks that she can land the <laughs> plane, so I don't know. So. Yeah,
0: that's that's certainly an interesting one, and uh-huh. uh, we're going to jump over to destination news now, as the Biden administration announced $8.2 billion in new funding for 10 major passenger rail projects across the nation as part of its Investing in America agenda, including the nation's first high-speed rail project, so this is been talked about for a while. So now the funding is there. We got it. We're good. We're moving forward. This is great. These projects have several goals in mind. They're going to create new jobs, connect people across cities that have been historically separated, and create more climate-friendly travel and transit opportunities. Brian, your thoughts on
1: this? This I, I don't see a downside to this, personally. Um, I'm a personally a, a believer in rail travel, and enjoyer of rail travel. My wife and I actually did a rail not even work folks not work real vacation uh we flew to san francisco and we took a train we spent a few days in san fran and then took a train back uh to new york all the way um so it was terrific we had a great time i really enjoyed the relaxation of rail travel and its efficiency um people who like to pack i try to be I try to be um, very conservative when I'm traveling on the airplane. I don't pack a lot of stuff. I always do carry on. But on a train, you can bring pretty much as much as you want. So, I mean, that's another benefit of train travel. It is relaxing and enjoyable. And I think our country, I think, obviously, is overdue for an expansion of this form of transportation. I mean, we see how how much it's applied and placed in Europe and in Asia and the high speed rail that is so uh, impactful there and part of their transportation network. I think we need some of that as well. And I'm glad the Biden administration had the foresight to to look into this and to make this possible.
0: Yeah, I'm glad this is getting done, too. I absolutely love this. Uh, It's it's long overdue, like you said. Uh, You know who probably hates it, though? the airline industry and oh, maybe that's I, a reason I, why it's been my. so long overdue but yeah they're, they're not feeling too great about that news i'm sure nope. but uh, I'm, I'm for this one of the new air, uh, routes is going to connect charlotte to atlanta i live outside of atlanta at the atlanta airport's my main hub as well and it's going to link up to the atlanta airport so this is very smart and i am very excited for all of this it's going to take a long time to build all this it's a lot of money so let's hope that there's no snafus along the way and that this can you know really be a successful project and and uh, make high-speed rail a thing in the U.S. and, uh, you know, make a lot more uh, destinations accessible to a lot of people out in the United States who, you know, are afraid of flying for one thing or just, you know, can't quite afford it. So the trains should be more affordable on that front, too. So.
1: And you and I both have colleagues. You, you know, you're living in an area even more so. We both have colleagues and, and associates who um who are not near a major airport, And have to connect often and and things like that. So this does present them with another, I think it will ultimately present them with another transportation option and an ability to uh, kind of make their travel more efficient.
0: That's true. Yeah. Package in, take a little uh, high speed rail action over to a different airport. Maybe you found a better airport uh, price at that airport, uh, flight price at that airport. So, yeah, definitely can benefit that. So. That wraps up what has been trending, a little bit of it at least, in travel in the last week. You can always check out TravelPulse.com and subscribe to our daily newsletter for all your travel news. But any additional thoughts on what we've discussed here, you can drop me an email, podcast at TravelPulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week on the Caribbean. Set sail towards a year filled with unforgettable moments that are beyond ordinary. Indulge yourself with a Windstar cruise in 2024. Picture yourself on a boutique all-sweet yachts or envision sailing to enchanting destinations across Europe, the Caribbean, and beyond on a sailboat carrying 148 to 342 guests. Embark on an award-winning experience filled with culinary palate-pleasing delights on board and offshore. Take advantage of incredible offers now. Contact your travel advisor today or visit WinStarCruises.com. So, Brian, what are some of the biggest storylines in the Caribbean this year? Give us some of the Caribbean travel updates uh, on the 2023
1: year. It's been a good one. Absolutely. The Caribbean. Well, I think that certainly the number one story is the the great arrival, visitor arrival numbers for the region. That's the overall top story. Several Caribbean destinations posted record totals, will post record totals overall. Uh, That's both land and cruise visitors for 2023. And for the most part, this is being driven by a surge in U.S. tourists to land-based vacations. Now, the cruise industry is coming back strongly as well. But as I think some of you remember, it was set back a little more so by the pandemic than other segments of travel. They didn't have the capacity initially that they had previously in the 2019 uh, years and previous to that. So they came back a little slower. Some of the destinations also did not approve uh, protocols as quickly and and just now are getting ramping up to the to the numbers that they had previously, but certainly on land and overall, the Caribbean has been just excellent. It's done well. Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands will all post record numbers for 2023, largest ever, both land and cruise arrivals. And I just want to mention a couple uh, notes that Jamaica welcomed its 2 million visitor in June. That's 9% increase compared to that point to 2019. And tourist board officials say the island will host 3.9 million overall visitors this year. That's an all-time record. For Puerto Rico, between April and June of 2023, arrivals were up 32% year over year, according to travel research firm, for the Dominican Republic, set a first half arrivals record with 7.18 million passengers traveling through the nation's airports between January and May. The Dominican Republic is also expected to have record numbers this year, largest ever land and sea. And the U.S. Virgin Islands, it became the fastest growing destination in the Americas between 2019 and 2021, with a 35% increase in airline departures, according to Joseph Boshult, who I interviewed. He's the Territories Tourism Commissioner. Now there's also some smaller islands that did great. Anguilla, Curacao, Dominica, and the Turks and Caicos all posted sharply higher visitor arrivals. And a lot of those are tied to increases in air capacity, much more airline capacity. The airlines are having confidence in these Caribbean destinations. And there's also some resort activity that's driving that. In Curacao, let's say for sure. So um yeah, it's been, that's been one of the big stories, I would definitely say, uh, for the Caribbean. Otherwise, it's some outstanding new developments that are coming to, uh, to the region. Now we talk about the Caribbean, but we like, I'd like to include the Mexican Caribbean as well. For sure. And uh, Mexico, although the numbers, overall visitor numbers, I've been told by, by our, our sources there are a little bit down from, from the really strong highs it had right after the pandemic, because we know Mexico was mm-hmm. one of the places that was open throughout the pandemic, <clears throat> had really strong numbers. Um, they're down a little bit this year, but there are some fabulous resort openings, including, um, impressions by, uh, by, uh, by secrets in, in Moshe, um, uh, and Islam Harris um, and other resorts that are kind of pushing the envelope on the all-inclusive category. These are fabulous, all-inclusive resorts that are have a luxury orientation. So it's really a revolution in the in the all-inclusive category. That's a big story. We'll see that also happen in Curacao, and we've seen it happen in Curacao with the recent opening of a uh, uh, late last year of Sandals uh, Royal Curacao, but Sandals also in 2024 will be opening a resort in and St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which is going to revolutionize that uh, small Caribbean destination. Uh, wonderful place, but will also bring a, a new, you know, uh, a recognized brand to that marketplace. And with the result of that, American tourists, much more flight activity. I mean, it's just a it's a it's a very strong period for the Caribbean, um, particularly considering um, we're only two years past. We're only a couple of years past the height of the pandemic. And, um, you know, we're pretty much near the record numbers of 2019. 2019 was a record year for the Car- for many Caribbean destinations. And they're surpassing some of those numbers now. So good news.
0: Yeah, very impressive, too, uh, on this. And, the, yeah, the Caribbean business is booming. New flight routes is huge on that. New hotels popping up, too. It's got a lot of people excited, for sure. Uh, so what yeah. would be something that's really surprised you about the Caribbean on the Caribbean beat this year?
1: I gotta say, you know, um, I, I I thought about what would be surprising to me uh, in in the uh, in the Caribbean. I don't know, if I'm so, as surprised in the region uh, as I should be. Uh, let's put it this way: it, it's as popular as ever, and I think the Caribbean is like uh, uh, an athlete a top athlete who makes it look easy. It has it has a lot much more to offer. And I think people are, are beginning to recognize that. Um, and expanding their Caribbean, you know, travels. Jamaica, Dominican Republic, which is the number one Caribbean destination in terms of numbers, and places like Puerto Rico, those are always going to be the highlights for the Caribbean right. region. But we're seeing a lot more activity in the Curacao in the Anguillas, in the Dominica, in in Turks and Caicos, in the Cayman Islands. Um, Other Caribbean destinations that people are discovering have a lot of appeal. They have the sun and fun. They have all the activity that we like about Caribbean destinations. They're close. They have a close proximity. They're easy to get to. Um, But they also have a lot of culture, a lot of cuisine, and a lot of diversity uh, that folks are getting to appreciate now. And as they get around the region more, that's uh that's something that is noteworthy but I you did ask for a surprise but I I want to say what does surprise me and I think it, it it it's in Caribbean tourism but it it bleeds overall into the to the overall marketplace is the tenacity of the consumer you know yeah. right now people are traveling as much as they ever have and they are contending with Eric you know this as well as anyone they're contending with Potential flight delays, crowded airports. Uh, there aren't any empty flights right now. Yeah. I mean, you don't know if your flight's going to be canceled at times. There are still some layover effects from the from the pandemic. Um, there's Unfortunately, there's war in the world, um, and there's economic uncertainty. And um, this has not seemed to slow down consumers' desire to, to, to be traveling. And to to seek out their 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 dreams, which is what we do when we're traveling. I mean, and uh, I guess it is a it was one of the one of the few positive results of the pandemic that people understand that life is unpredictable. We don't know, you know, what's going to happen from one time to another. So we should enjoy the time that we have to spend with our family and our friends, um, and certainly traveling and and seeing more of the world and learning about uh, other cultures. So despite all the the, the tough stuff that's going on in the world um that's what surprised me as much as anything the tenacity of the consumer,
0: yeah, people have got the pent up demand you know or the revenge travel of you know some people don't really yes, like travel. those phrases at all, but i mean they're they're true to what's been going on, and yeah, people are not slowing down on the travel side, which we certainly love, and that's great for the Caribbean too, especially we talk about you know some destinations that are are finally getting on people's radar you know people are are branching out and trying different ones so you know you mentioned you mentioned the most popular ones are already so what about some other any really underrated place that you think could be on the rise in 2024 you talked about you know a couple that have exceeded or have done well this year what about next year any anyone that might jump out as uh something that steps up even more so than they did this year maybe
1: it's a great question i would have to say um there's a couple um Dominica. I did a trip in Dominica in March. Uh, I had been there to this small Caribbean island before. Um, It is uh, atypical of Caribbean destinations, and it doesn't really have many white sand beaches. Um, What it does have is inland rivers and uh, wonderful diving and snorkeling. Um, Terrific. uh, It's an archipelago, so they're terrific, terrific little um, offshore islands that you can explore with a uh, distinctive flora and fauna. Um, and it is a small destination, small scale. So you get that kind of. The kind of feeling that folks i think traveled to the caribbean for initially um it's not a big time um place like jamaica or, or 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 puerto rico where there's lots of urban environment it is a small island and you get to know the the locals and they get to interact with you and you get to interact with them there are lots of opportunities for that it's a very safe place and it feels like very welcoming. Um, it's been traditionally a place appreciated by divers and uh, adventure theme folks, but I think uh with the opening of uh there is a luxury resort Colibri Ridge that opened uh last year and uh there is a larger Kapinski hotel uh in Rousseau, the capital, which is a historic. Capital. You can go and tour the capital and walk around and see some of the historic buildings, uh, colonial era build colonial era buildings um, and history. So um, I think Dominica definitely is uh, is one is an up and cover.
0: Yeah, put that on your radar, travelers. Yeah, yeah.
1: I got to always mention uh, Nevis, which is uh, part of the dual island nation, Saint Kitts and Nevis. Um, Lots of flights into St. Kitts, easy to get to. Nevis is a smaller sister island. You can take a day trip over there or you can opt to stay there. I mean, they've got some wonderful boutique luxury resorts, including a Four Seasons there. And um, Nevis is the island that is the home of Alexander Hamilton. in the play Hamilton, it's not mentioned exactly what island he comes from, but <laughs> it's Nevis. And uh, this past year, they erected a statue of uh, Alexander Hamilton outside of his historic boyhood home, which is also a museum there. Uh, it's also a very historic part of town where that's located. There were um, you'll you'll learn if you go on tours there that uh, there are there are churches there that date back to the colonial era. Um, there were uh, areas that of town where slaves were often off and sold that, that the right tour guide can show you. And, uh, and churches where, um, uh, folks came together. Um, there were a couple of, of, uh, abolitionists, uh, associated with Nevis who liked the idea of bringing black and white parishioners together, slaves and free people together to worship in churches. Coddle church is one of the churches there that whose grounds still stand and you can go visit. So, um, again, it's a good example of the culture and diversity that's kind of in the Caribbean that is not always highlighted and and uh, is worth traveling for.
0: I love that. Yes. Put that on your radar as well. And I'll give a shout out to Guadalupe. I went there in 2018, had a great yeah, time, Guadalupe. very underrated Put that on your totally. radar too. Uh, they've got some great beaches there if you're big on beaches. They've got a club med if you want an all inclusive. They've got mm-hmm. uh, some great villas as well. So, and a couple of different islands around them too. So, you can uh, hop on a little ferry boat and, and experiences too. So, shout out to, to Guadalupe on that. Love that destination. Doesn't get a lot of love from the American side of travelers, but it totally should. So, put that on your radar as well. So, as we wrap up here, <laughs> Brian, um, what's your final closing advice here to our, our listeners? Uh, for visiting the caribbean in 2024 what do you what wisdom do you want to pass on
1: oh that's great 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 uh great question eric i think one of the things you ought to do um folks should do definitely is look up the um the tourism office or destination uh, website for your for your destination every caribbean destination and they're easy to find um you can even go to the um cto caribbean tourism organization website at onecaribbean.org or go to travelpost.com and we have a listing of um of for every destination the tourist office associated with that destination and that's going to help you in your planning. You're going to get a lay of the land. You're going to know the character of your particular Caribbean destination you're interested in. And then you can also really kind of self-qualify yourself as an agent would. You can say, what am I interested in? What am I looking for? And does this destination deliver that? Because every Caribbean destination, it may sound, tried, it may sound not real, but but it is real. Um, every Caribbean destination is different. You really need to take a look at what it offers, what the character is, um, how long it takes to get there, what part of the Caribbean it's in. I mean, the Caribbean is a twenty-eight million mile square mile region, so uh, it is a vast region of uh, thirty islands, thirty-eight tourism tourism reliant islands. So uh, do that and um, look look for those look for that information from the 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 tourism tourism board which is vetted information which is you know information that you know is accurate and, and vetted and and then the other thing is is what we always tell folks work with the travel advisor. You know, if you've not been there before. You're you're not familiar with it. There are travel advisors who specialize in these destinations. They are aware of one destination's strengths versus another one's uh, weaknesses. And uh, they can guide you, you know, in the direction you need to go. And they do the qualifying job. They figure out what you're interested in, what resorts are best suited for you. Uh, If you're going to take a cruise, what cruise will hit the islands that you like. Um, or uh, you know, if you are wanting to go a little bit more off the beaten path in the destination and want to find some things that are not normally available or not commonly done, travel advisor is gonna be the one that, you know, outlines those for you. So um It's the way to go and, yeah. and work with buy advisor.
0: Absolutely the way to go for all your travels for sure. So thanks, Brian. I really appreciate you jumping on and, and talking. Caribbean travel here and definitely all our, our listeners and advisors know this too. And they pass this wisdom on to their traveler as well as pack your patience. It's going to be, it's going to be crowded at times like once again, next year in 2024 travel's not slowing down. So be sure to pack that patience. Hope not. Right. Indeed. Yeah. So <laughs> keeping, us, uh,
1: keeping us going. That's man. true. Thank That's you. true.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you so much. Um, that is all the time we have for this week's show. Be sure to stay tuned next week. We'll be talking about group travel and then uh, recapping the rest of all of 2023 in travel so there's still a couple more weeks before the end of the year might be some other crazy stories that will pop up that we'll discuss at the end of the year and the holiday time so stay tuned for that thanks for listening have a great week